Well, today we continue this series of sermons on the great I am's. Uh, it's important to know that Jesus was born, of course, that he came to earth, but also very important to know who he claimed to be, uh, what was his nature, and that is what we're doing through these sermons on the I am's. So today we're going to be reading from John 11, and uh, this is the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that now, even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Now, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said that this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let's pray together. 
God, we pray that you would now take uh, these words of scripture and the meditations of my heart and speak to us this morning. Just the word we need to hear. And Lord, may we hear these words and be transformed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So when I put this sermon series together, um, I didn't really give much thought to which I am statement landed on each particular Sunday. Big mistake, I thought. Especially as I began to study the scripture in earnest the last week, last week and a half, I thought, wow, this is not the greatest place to place this story. I mean, it's not what you would really call a Christmassy message, is it? I mean, people come to church on during the Sundays of Advent because they want to hear about angels and sheep and joy and peace and love. Christmas is that time of year when everything is just so nearly perfect, isn't it? Christmas is the season to be jolly. <laughs> and here I am preaching about a man dying and grief and people crying and someone walking out of a tomb wrapped in grave clothes. Not actually what you would call a Christmas message. But you know what? As I gave it more thought this week, this is a great Christmas message. Perfect. Because, yeah, Christmas is a time of joy and celebration and parties and all the rest, but let's be honest. Christmas can be a very painful time. It can be a difficult time. In fact, for many people, Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most difficult time of the year. Because if there's grief, or, or a broken relationship, or disappointment, or anxiety, um, all these things, really, can be intensified at Christmas, can't they? If something isn't just right in your life, Christmas can be a really painful time of year. And as I look out on this congregation today, I know this is, this is true. Because I know there are people here this morning, I see them, who for the first time in many, many years, their mate will not be at the Christmas table. And I know that for some, wow, marriage right now is difficult and there's estrangement. And that there are kids who are struggling and their parents are worried. And there is disappointment and sin and loss. As Don said last week, wow, there's a lot of darkness in the world, isn't there? And yet, folks, this is exactly, exactly why Jesus came into the world. If all was well, and if all was perfect, we wouldn't need a Savior, would we? And yet we do. Christ came into the brokenness and the pain and the messiness of this world 
and not to some pretend place where all is perfect. And that's why today, this message, this passage, is really perfect. For in this passage, you know what we see? We see clearly the wonder and the beauty, really, truly the genius of the Incarnation, which is at the heart of Christmas. It's what it's all about, of God becoming flesh and entering into our world, as broken as it is. We see the mystery of of incarnation, of God fully human, or Jesus fully human, fully God. And I can't think of a passage in which we see, or many passages in the scriptures, in which we see this mystery, this wonder, so clearly. Where we see the humanity of Christ, fully human, and yet the divinity of Christ, fully God. Now, you probably haven't thought about the nature of Christ this past week, have you? (laughs) I mean, why... Why did Christ have to become fully God? Or why was Christ fully God, fully human? Why did we need a Savior who was both? Why couldn't Christ have just been human? A good man. A wise sage, as so many people say. Who gave his life as a demonstration about what true love is. Or why couldn't Christ just be God? Why did God have to come to earth? Well, in this story, we have great insight into why Jesus has to be fully God and fully human. This is a theological sermon today. (laughs) I wrote a paper on this in seminary. Why is it so important? Well, Let's look at it. One of the things I love about this story is the humanity of Christ that we see in this passage. Oh, we see it in so many ways. He's so human. He's friends with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. These were some of his best friends. He loved them. The scriptures tell us that when he walked into this scene and Lazarus was dead, what was it? He was deeply moved. He wept. Jesus wept. Now, don't miss here the wonder, the beauty, the grandeur of the incarnation. It's astounding, isn't it? The eternal God who was before the beginning and after the ending, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who created all that there is, the one who still holds together everything that there is, sustains it, the one who transcends our human understanding and shatters our imagination, the one great, big, powerful, invisible God, the omnipotent, omniscient, 
omnipresent God, the invisible God, wept like a baby. That's the wonder and the miracle of the incarnation. Wow. I hope every Advent we spend time thinking about this. This is, this is the greatest of all the miracles. You know, the question is, why is Jesus weeping? I mean, he knows that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He could have moved quickly and just been very efficient and, and raised him or not even had let him die. But he doesn't do that. He's real. He's human. And he's overcome by the pain, the sadness, by the hurt of his friends. He feels the grief. He feels it. He empathizes with the pain that Mary and Martha feel and the others and he weeps. As the prophet Isaiah said, he said, He, the Messiah, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You see, my guess is that Jesus is overcome by the sadness of his friends, but he also may, may have been just overwhelmed by the brokenness of the world. He may have just felt the pain of the world that we have to go through, through things like death and sickness and sorrow and grief, and maybe he just felt all of that. And he wept. Either way, maybe more than anywhere else in the New Testament, we see the empathy of Jesus. Jesus knows firsthand in a very real way, the pain of this world. And see, this is one of the beauties of the Incarnation. Have you ever thought about this? We need a God like this. We need a God who, who hurts with us, who, who understands our pain, who understands what it means to be human who has borne our grief and our sorrows. Wow, this is one of the beauties of the incarnation. It's, one of the, it's part of the genius of it. We don't have a God who never entered into the, the pain, the messiness of this world, who is sometimes somehow distant and aloof, who has, you know, started, wound up the clock and then just watched it all happen. No, we have a God who enters right in who has entered and continues to enter into the pain of the world. Jesus knows what it means to be human. You know, for the ancient Greeks, when they heard the story of Christ, they couldn't believe it. You know what the stumbling block was? This was a very religious culture. They had many, many, many gods. But you know what they could not believe? They could not believe that a God would leave the confines of heaven and, and the beauty of heaven and come to earth. Why would a God do that? And not only that, to be crucified, could not understand. This was the stumbling block for them to believe the, the gospel. But that is what Jesus 
did. Jesus knows what it's like to have friends die. Jesus knows what it's like to be lonely or to be rejected or ridiculed, to be treated unjustly. And somehow, somehow, you know what? That gives us comfort when we experience these things in our lives. I was talking to a friend uh, this week, who's in the midst of a very painful time in his life. Just a lot of pain and confusion and sorrow. And this is what he told me. He said, you know, knowing that Jesus understands, knowing that Jesus empathizes with me, is huge. It's huge. It's tremendous help, helping me to get through this time. You know, are you hurting today? Is this a difficult Christmas for you? I want, to, I want you to hear this. You're not alone. You have a God who understands, who empathizes, who hurts with you and is with you. Jesus became human, at least in part, so that we would know that we have a God who empathizes with us. Now, here's the second part of it. Why does Jesus have to be be God? Well, remember Jesus comes into the messiness, the brokenness of this world, and he knows how messy it can be, and he'll go there because That is what he does. That is who he is. He goes there and he brings new life. He can make something beautiful out of the darkest times of our lives. It's not only what he does, it is who he is. It's his nature. And he claims this when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will never die, even though they die and Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He asked them. You see, Jesus brings new life where there is death, where there is pain. For sure, Jesus is talking about eternal life here, about raising Lazarus to eternal, and all of us to eternal life. And that is power. And this is where we see so clearly the beauty of the, of the divinity of Christ. A good person, a wise sage, A moral teacher cannot defeat sin and death. But Jesus can. Only God can. And we need a God like that, don't we? We need a God who just doesn't enter into our pain, but can give us hope and new life right in the midst of it. Jesus does that. He can help us to have new life, to have hope, where there is darkness, and where there is despair. Now, you may be thinking, and I'll wrap this up, great story. Come on, Steve. I don't see Jesus raising people from the dead today. I don't see resurrection. Well, I disagree. You know what? We just witnessed it. We're all witnesses to it. When we watched this video and we heard from Jim, 
you know, here is this ministry that, of which we uh, partner with, and wow, what are they doing? They're bringing resurrection. They're bringing new life. They're bringing hope into places where there's poverty and systemic racism and injustice, and kids are struggling to have any kind of chance in life. And here's this ministry where they come in. And who's going in? It's Jesus. Both in spirit, but also in a very real way through the people of God. And see, this is also theology of incarnation that God has come into the pain of the world and the messiness, but God also calls his people to do the very same thing. Incarnation. To bring hope and light and new life where there may not be any. See, Jesus went into these places, but he also goes in there through you, his hands and feet, and brings new life. He makes it he makes something new. He went there because that is what Jesus does. He goes where there is suffering and pain and hurt, and he makes it new because he has the power to do that, because he is the resurrection and the life. Amen.